0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go!
1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
0: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Welcome to the Wednesday show, everybody. So if you were drafting again today, let's say you were drafting today for the rest of the season, two rounds, how many quarterbacks would go in the first two rounds? For me, it's more than zero. For the the other guys, it's probably zero or somehow less than zero. Welcome you to Fantasy Football today. I am Adam Azer. We're also going to be previewing a pretty big game on Thursday night, the Broncos and the Chiefs, and we say hello to our contestants today let's bring in the Kansas City boy Heath Cummings is here well Kansas music for you Heath
2: big win for my uh, Washington Nationals last night very happy <laughs> that they are uh, going to the World Series um, so I'm just curious and we'll get into this more later but Patrick Mahomes has by some accounts been a little bit of a letdown this year not a top three quarterback is there a different quarterback that you would take in the first two rounds? Are you taking like four quarterbacks in the first two I'm rounds? I'm taking now?
0: two quarterbacks in the first two rounds. Two quarterbacks. wow, yeah, yeah. I, I
2: I thought we were doing a one quarterback league redraft of the first two rounds. I did not know we
0: were doing a super flex league. Super flex will be more fun. They're not both for the same team. They just they happen to go with this in the first round. And uh, you know I can hear I can hear Ben Gretch. Let's get uh, Ben's intro music up. Ben, welcome to the show. Uh, you don't like the, you don't like two quarterbacks in the first two rounds.
1: Yeah, I'm baffled. I, I don't, what, I would, like, what has changed since the preseason? The only thing that has changed is we have a lot of bust at the top of running back and wide receiver. Well, which yeah. Which are good more valuable, so I'm, I'm highly confused about this take.
0: Right, well, by the way, this was the theme song to Gentle Ben, which was a TV show about a bear. So, getting a little creative today with the theme music.
1: There was, there was books, yeah. There was books. I read those books as a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, me too. Um, but yeah, no, there have been some busts at running back and wide receiver, and some guys that I, I quite frankly didn't think I could justify using a second round pick on. But there only two only two quarterbacks. Okay, so one of them is Mahomes. Find out who the other one That's- is.
1: Uh, two more than should be in the top twenty-four players in value the rest of the season.
0: I don't know if you have these guys on your team. I'm actually not really with Mahomes. Like I almost put Matt Ryan in there too. Six-point per passing touchdown leagues. Like, you know, maybe I will. Maybe I'll change my mind by the time we get to the segment. Uh, I wanted to give you a stat. Speaking of Mahomes, did you know that he has only two games remaining against teams that currently rank outside the top ten? And fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. That'd be Minnesota and Oakland. So Minnesota's one of them. But his schedule, Denver's third against quarterbacks. Green Bay's seventh. Minnesota's 15th. Tennessee is eighth. Uh, the Chargers are ninth. The Patriots are first. The Broncos again. The Bears in week 16. The Chargers in week 17. Uh, Heath, what do you think about that schedule for Mahomes? Does that matter to you at all? It, it brings up multiple interesting questions
2: um one how much does schedule actually matter matter for elite players two is fantasy points per game the most predictive way of who will be good against positions or types of players moving forward and three are defenses that are good the first six weeks the defenses that will be good the last 10 weeks um for the most
0: part my answer
2: is no i don't care that much
0: yeah and I don't either, since I have him as a second-round pick. All right. Well, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Last year, Patrick Mahomes did face a, a bunch of teams that were in the top 10 in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, and he actually didn't do quite as well as you might think. could tell you in just a moment how he did in those games. Um, I mean, he was fine. He had a, he he had a little
1: bit of a down game against Jacksonville last year. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll he tell you obviously- what it was.
0: So, so he he had five
1: thousand yards and fifty
0: touchdowns. He did. He had seven matchups against top ten opponents last year. Teams that finished the season giving up, uh, you know, the tenth or fewest uh, tenth or fewer amount of points to fantasy to quarterbacks. He scored twenty one or more fantasy points in six of seven games. So that's a good floor. But he scored more than twenty five fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues only twice, and one of them was week one. So he was typically between twenty one and twenty five fantasy points, which is not what you drafted Mahomes for. So just just tossing that out there. I mean,
1: there's also a little bit of double counting there where guys, teams that finish in the top. Like, any team that Mahomes skewered didn't end up finishing in the top 10 probably because he had so many monster games that really threw a lot of those defensive stats out of whack. You'd have to pull out Mahomes stats to really break that stat down. I think I think it's mostly noise. Uh, and I agree with Heath about the rest of the season schedule. There's some players that you should be concerned about with schedule and matchup. A guy like Patrick Mahomes and an offense like the Chiefs, you you just call them matchup proof. I mean, it, maybe he won't be as efficient, but he'll get plenty of volume, plenty of opportunities to throw it around, and they'll be fine. I mean, they, they'll put up points.
0: Okay, so uh, we'll talk about Mahomes and his matchup against the Broncos in just a little bit. Some new fantasy vocab. So, Ben, you we, we know what the red zone is. The red zone is once you get to the 20-yard line. You call the 10-yard line the green zone, right?
1: Yeah, just a quicker way of saying inside the 10 yeah. which um I agree the the touches from the 11 to the 20 are not actually that valuable are valuable. a lot different than touches from the 1 to the 10 or even the 1 to the 5 um so we talk about red zone touches especially rush attempts we talk about red zone rush attempts and those stats can get skewed a little bit as well when we're talking about the carries that are at the 15 yard line compared to the ones that are at the 5 yard line that's a huge difference so i i like to focus on the green zone it's a pretty big difference to just focus in on the on the single digit yard lines.
2: Yeah, I, I would I would like to propose that carries inside the five now be called the gold zone. No, oh god, oh,
0: the, magentas, the magenta, <laughs> the magenta zone. Anything
2: outside of the twenty be referred to as the gray zone.
0: Uh, you know what? The gold zone is better. But I was going to propose the magenta zone for, for no, it's the gold zone. The, the gold five. zone,
2: the green zone, the red zone uh and fine would, the, would the red zone should be outside from. the 20 because
0: wow. those aren't that great but is just like a very nice color i just thought it would be a nice thing to say <laughs> but fine the gold zone the gold zone wins let's do Why buy not low. the
1: lavender zone
0: <laughs> oh that's terrible what are you talking about gentle Ben? all right buy low sell high i
1: mean green is like money <laughs> gold is like first place and you're over here saying magenta i'm just not following the magenta
0: <laughs> yeah that, that, i guess that's sort of the point uh who are we buying low on ben what do you think
1: Oh, I, who was on my bio? Le'Veon, <laughs> Be- Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell.
0: Le'Veon <laughs> Bell. That was a Jamie
2: move.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Absolutely. Only had one catch last week, Uh, but Sam Darnold's back. Scored his first touchdown since week one, <laughs> uh, uh, got both of the green zone touches. He's the first, Uh, er, sorry, he's the, no Jets running back has had a green zone touch since Sam Darnold played in week one. Their, their offense has been horrible and offensive production leads to those high value running back touches you got to get the ball down in there, right? So uh, Le'Veon Bell got a short touchdown run this week. He got all their green zone touches this week. He had all their green zone touches back in week one. Or no, uh, Pat Montgomery did have a a green zone touch this week. But Bell's playing a massive snap share, has four of the five green zone touches on the year, tons of receiving work, only had one reception last week. He did have nine back in week one when Darnold started last time. Darnold's going to improve the offense as a whole. Bell's going to have a massive receiving role. He's going to get those scoring opportunities now. He's been inefficient from a yards perspective as well but having a good quarterback in there will help him there. I think he's a top five running back the rest of the way. And I don't necessarily think you have to pay that right now.
2: My, my only question with that argument, I don't like, I, I definitely think Le'Veon Bell is a good buy low. So I'm not disagreeing with Ben, but we talked about this on FFT yesterday and I just don't know Sam Darnold better than Luke Falk. Absolutely. No question. I don't know that Sam Darnold is good. We just like this was a good performance against the Dallas Cowboys, An outstanding performance, in fact. But it was one of what sixteen games, seventeen games that we've seen him play now, and about four of those games he has looked like a really good quarterback. Um, why? Why I'm just, it was
0: such a you judge people so harshly on their rookie seasons? I mean, haven't we learned anything about rookie seasons? They mean almost nothing. I mean, Jared Okay, Goff, so
2: one of one of two games this year yeah, he, he played, has looked the, like a he good arguably the
0: toughest defense in football in week one, one of the five toughest defenses in week one. He was I, already dealing with the effects of Mono. Does it matter? Does he have to be that good? Luke Falk was it? Right, was that's a what I was going to say. Luke Falk was terrible. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Le'Veon Bell is playing
1: almost 100% of the snaps. He's running a ton of outs and seeing a ton of targets and he's going to get all of their green zone work as their their primary running back. It doesn't and matter. Donald doesn't oh, have to be
2: Oh, wait. Good. Wait. I okay, it doesn't matter for Le'Veon Bell being a number 1 running back. No. Just has I to be agree comp- with that. It matters yeah. for him being a top 5 running back.
0: Uh yeah, that's going to be a t- that's going to be a tough group to crack when you talk about the top 5 running backs. I mean, as we'll see when we reveal our our top 24. I think you guys are are more or less on the same page. Ben's a little bit higher. Uh and the gold zone touches should go to Le'Veon Bell as well, the magenta zone. Touches. Uh, Let's stay with Ben and his buy lows because you still want to buy low on the Broncos running backs. And I still want to know what, like they need to get one of them. If I agree, if one of them gets hurt, you're talking about a total stud.
1: Well, that's, that's why, I mean, so they're averaging 4.7 and 4.3 high value touches per week. Joe Flacco would actually be the, the player that I would point to, to say that Sam Darnold doesn't need to be that valuable because if, Le'Veon Bell was in the Broncos' offense right now and getting all the work, which these guys are are not getting all the work, but he would be a top-five running back right now. The, the offense is good enough with the Broncos that they're getting in into scoring position. They're getting green zone touches every week. Philip Lindsay has been getting a lot of those and scoring a lot of touchdowns. Royce Freeman's running more routes and catching more passes. So Lindsay is actually the more valuable right now. I probably would be buying low on Freeman. The point is, if either of them does miss time, this their combined workload right now is like, Equivalent of Christian McCaffrey in terms of right uh, high value touches per game. Uh, Joe Flacco, I think he threw eight targets to the position last week. He's throwing to the running backs an insane amount. If either of these guys starts to play like a seventy-five percent or eighty percent snap share in this offense, it's going to be phenomenal.
0: Okay, but I just I just don't agree with the philosophy. I, I only if you have a roster spot to play with, then you know you get Royce Freeman, who has you know been okay in non PPR. Start them both this week. Well, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying like. You got a guy that's if you if you trade for Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay doesn't get hurt, you're not like that's a waste of a player pretty much. I mean he is no no yes
2: if, what if you trade for him as a bench player, you're getting a starting flex.
0: Yeah, I guess and you're also a start, that is really lowering the bar for your flex though. Like he he is okay, he, There are so but many wide receivers you're going to want to start scoring, over what, him. Ten, 10 PPR fantasy
2: points a week. That's basically an almost number two running back.
0: Uh, that's not. Uh, so, you know what? I actually broke that down. I'll tell you what. And it almost is. is. I read your breakdown before I said it. Oh, can I, can <laughs> I do Can I just do a little bit
1: of a rant real quick not about really, running backs? Way, and how, uh, yes, how Running ahead, backs Dan. on your bench, you want to be targeting upside. You want to, like, we don't know what's going to happen at running back, but we do know there's a lot of turnover all the time. Look at, like, we just had John Hilliman as a starting running back last week. What, like we don't know what's gonna happen yeah maybe these guys might not get hurt but instead of uh like throwing our hands up about who might get injured and what percentage chance a guy will get into a, a high like uh a feature role as long as there's a reasonable opportunity for that to happen and there is in Denver if all it takes is uh, one of these two missing a game I I wouldn't put the odds that both of them playing 16 games is better than 50 50. it's running backs just don't stay healthy. As long as there's a reasonable chance, what you really should be looking at for those bench dashes, and this is the reason that you can grab Fournierman, and he might end up being a, a wasted roster spot, but it's upside. What is the potential payoff? It's like taking a, a twenty-five to one futures bet over a five to one favorite when you think they have a reasonable side. Like we want the the one that can really hit for a big payoff. Okay. But we know that they're low risk.
0: I, I gotcha. All right. So higher- to, to be a top twenty-four, let's go over some numbers here. The average so far through six weeks, and this is not decimal scoring, by the way, uh, to be a bad top 12 running back in non-PPR, you were looking at 14 fantasy points. That's what the, the number 12 running back has averaged in PPR in six weeks, 14 fantasy points, non-PPR, non-PPR. Number 24 running back has averaged 8.8 points per game in non-PPR. In PPR, it goes it basically just add two point five. Uh, you go from fourteen points as top twelve to sixteen and a half, and you go from eight point eight to eleven point three. So I thought that was actually pretty interesting. Two point five catches per game is what we're adding. Um, but that's what you're looking at if you want. If you want as my running back averaging basically what a top twelve running back is averaging is he giving, giving you fourteen points in non PPR and sixteen and a half in full PPR, and then is he a number two running back? Is he a top twenty four running back? That's eight point eight points per game in non PPR and eleven point three in PPR. All right, Heath, we've waited long enough. Let's hear your buy lows. Couple of NFC North, actually Monday Night Football players:
2: T.J. Hawkinson and Aaron Jones. And I don't like. It's disappointing that Aaron Jones' four touchdown game did not earn him a feature role in Green Bay. He also doesn't look like he deserves a feature role because Jamal Williams is playing really well. But at least for the short term. I expect this to be a situation where, again, you can start both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They don't have enough wide receivers to throw it to. They had 33 combined touches in their most recent game against the Lions. They get the Raiders this week. And I still think that Aaron Jones is more talented than Jamal Williams. So if we're going to start every game with this, they're going 50-50 until someone gets hot. I expect Jones to get hot more often than Williams. I still think he's going to be a high-end, number-two running back for the rest of the year. And after people just saw Williams get more touches in that game and outperform him I think it's possible you could buy him for for less than that and then Hawkinson I love the opportunity he's getting it's disappointing that he didn't score it's disappointing that he has so many almost touchdowns but six targets again in that game basically what we've seen is when the Lions have to throw Hawkinson's going to be involved when they throw in the red zone green zone red zone gold zone he's going to be very involved and uh, I want that on my team moving forward
0: all right, so we have to do a better job. We've gotten some listener feedback. We have to do a better job when we say, you know, buy low on this guy. What would we give up? So, what would you give up for Aaron Jones? Would you give up Philip Lindsay for Aaron Jones? Um, that, that's so weird. Like, I don't. That's nope, the other like thing. The I don't. Player. People are
2: traded. Tra- tra- people aren't trading the exact same type of running back for that's. I understand we've received that feedback. It's not right, helpful so, so because so, people don't
0: have. Would you trade Terry McLaurin for him? Yes. Okay. Would you trade Cortland Sutton for Aaron Jones? Yes. All right. Good. That's see. That's what I needed to know. Uh, you got to watch CBS Sports HQ on demand. Download the CBS Sports HQ app. Watch it on your Roku, on your Apple TV, any connected device, or go to com if you want to just check it out. It's awesome. Uh, 24-7 sports coverage and a lot of fantasy talk, a lot of fantasy talk on there, including Fantasy Football Today, noon Eastern. Uh, Monday through Friday, and then 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. If you miss the noon Eastern show, you can catch it on demand on HQ. we got another podcast popping right now. It's called Nothing Personal with David Sampson. David Sampson is an extremely talented, very funny, very honest uh, guy that we've been working with. He's the former president of the Miami Marlins. And uh, if you want a fresh perspective on what's really happening in sports, check out this daily podcast, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. So he'll tell you what's going on behind the scenes when owners make a statement, when a coach tells a lie, when a star gets traded, and much, much more. He's won a World Series, has lost a hundred games, and done everything in between. And we're gonna give you this daily podcast that's gonna be there for you for your afternoon commute. So again, it's uh it's Monday through Friday, by the way. It's called Nothing Personal with David Sampson. All right, I'm gonna I I apologize. I'm gonna have to hurry you up here so we can get to our draft and preview our game and read some some Apple Podcast questions and some fill in the blank. But then who are you selling high on right now?
1: Uh, I, I threw Austin Hooper in there. I don't know if we talked about him in recent weeks, but he's been on, on a great run. Obviously just had a really good matchup with Arizona. Uh, essentially, I just think he's he's going to be like a tight end six to tight end eight type guy the rest of the season. I don't think he's suddenly an elite tier tight end, and he is the tight end one right now. So if you can get really good value out of him, I'd probably sell him. Um I mean, the other the other one is probably kind of a similar situation. I, I would be fine selling on Chris Godwin if you have receiver depth. I know everyone thinks he is uh, a complete world beater. He had over 100 yards in just the fourth quarter last week uh, at like a nine point two. I think it was a dot while Jameis Winston broke uh, or set the, the, the highest amount of air yards mark in a single game by any quarterback this season, meaning he was chucking the ball down the field a ton while they were chasing, while they were coming back. Most of those were to Evans, and then he was throwing underneath with this 9.2 dot to Chris Godwin. I mean, it tells this perfect story that it was all garbage time, and he was throwing underneath. Godwin probably will have more opportunities to rack up stats like that. He's done it a couple of t- different times this year. I just think he's like he almost had a bad game this week, and he is probably going to have some going forward, and people think he's just an absolutely elite receiver. I, I don't necessarily buy that yet.
0: Uh, okay, so who would you— get for God like who Le'Veon
1: Bell is one that I think is really interesting I think you could trade probably try to trade Chris Godwin for Le'Veon Bell and I would do that
0: by the way I just realized that I left Le'Veon Bell out of my top 24 and that's gonna have to change we're gonna throw him in there somewhere uh all right Heath who are you selling high on I will sell
2: high on Devontae Freeman still. He took advantage of a great matchup, but I don't believe in this run offense. I don't believe in the offensive line. I don't believe in the Falcons' defense, and the matchups get more difficult for Freeman moving forward. He's looked the last couple of weeks like he might be a borderline number one running back, I still think he's a low-end number two, and I would still sell high on the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers. Both Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs have half of their games with seven or more targets, half of their games with six or few fewer targets. In fact, Diggs is four or fewer. I think they're going to be up and down and up and down, and I would like to get rid of them when they're up.
0: Okay, and uh, I, I still think I'd like to see what I can get for Kenny Galladay. He's having a great year. If you look at the game he just had against the Packers, five catches, 121 yards. He had a 66-yard catch on a flea flicker. flea flicker, And then Kevin King really covered him very well for the rest of the game. And why am I selling on Galladay? Because he's going to see Minnesota twice. He's going to see the Bears twice. He's going to see Dallas once. And week 16, he's at Denver. And they have just been unbelievable against some of the best wide receivers in football, so I like Kenny Galladay, but I don't love Kenny Galladay, and I would try to get you know I would try to get Hopkins, Beckham, Julio, try to buy low um, on those struggling wide receivers, on a struggling running back. I would certainly offer Galladay for uh, for Le'Veon Bell, that kind of stuff. Again, it's, this is not Kenny Galladay stinks because he does have some really good matchups coming up. This is, I think, there are some some really good cornerbacks he's going to face. I gotta be honest with you, like Minnesota needs to start shutting down. Wide receivers. I think it's going to happen beginning this week, but it it hasn't really happened uh, all that much just yet. I mean, just look at Alshon Jeffrey last week. All right, guys. Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co founder Gretchen Huebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team, and that's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found quality or qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. And with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So, ladies and gentlemen, you need to hire someone. You need to use ZipRecruiter. See why it's effective for businesses of all sizes. Try. Zip ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. News and notes, Ryan Tannehill starting for Tennessee. Did that motivate you, Heath, to add any Titans wide receiver? It made me want to give
2: up on the Titans' wide receivers. This is a terrible decision.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ron Rivera did not confirm that Cam Newton's going to practice next week. They have a bye this week. We'll have to see what happens there. Alvin Kamara is dealing with some sort of high ankle issue. Latavius Murray, uh, i got to look up his updated ownership percentage. I had him at 57%, but I think that was yesterday. I bet he's about 75%. He is 60%. Go get Latavius Murray, huh? And so so Ben, Latavius Murray and Daryl Henderson, because Malcolm Brown is also dealing with a, with an injury. Do you think these guys are must-owns right now, Latavius Murray and Daryl Henderson?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think they're both great examples of, of a high upside that we're talking about. Good offenses that will, will create uh targets for the running backs and and high value touches for the running backs, especially when when the Saints get Drew Brees back. So yeah, I mean the, Again, that's the upside if these guys get the the opportunity to actually play significant snaps in Henderson's case. uh, Murray's already kind of, you know, at least playing some. But Henderson, I'm really hoping, will we'll actually get a shot to play some some significant snaps the rest of the way. He looked really good on Sunday.
0: Yeah, look, he might be the guy for the for the uh, Rams this week, and they're facing Atlanta on the road, and then they have Cincinnati. If you aren't as excited about Latavius Murray, I get that. He's at the Bears this week, but they just lost their best defensive tackle, Akeem Hicks, for the season. And Josh Jacobs had a, had a pretty good game against, uh, against the Bears two weeks ago without Akeem Hicks when Hicks got hurt. Uh, other news, Chris Thompson is turf-toe. We've seen what that's done to Devontae Adams. Denver's optimistic about Emmanuel Sanders this week, and same with Sammy Watkins for Kansas City. They both have a chance to play. Uh, Nikhil Harry practiced. He can return in Week 9. Patriots rookie, first-round pick, wide receiver. Saints cornerback P.J. Williams is suspended two games. He's their slot corner. Their next two games are the Bears on the road and the Cardinals at home. Baltimore acquired Marcus Peters from the Rams, and the Rams acquired Jalen Ramsey. Heath, what is the fantasy impact of the Rams basically not having any draft capital for the next decade and getting Jalen Ramsey, and the Ravens getting Marcus Peters at that?
2: The Rams' defense remains more interesting for... Um, fantasy purposes. It'll be interesting to see if Ramsey plays this week and if they use him the way he wants to be used. They've not really played the type of defense that Jalen Ramsey wants to be a part of so far this year, but I would assume because they traded for him, they're going to put him in man coverage and have him trail someone. That might be Julio this week. That might be really good news for Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu, because the rest of their corners are bad.
0: Uh, They basically traded in a sense a keep to leave and Marcus Peters for Jalen Ramsey so I it's hard to know how much better if they got better at all because to on Iowa uh, Jalen Ramsey I think if they're playing man coverage like one of the
2: things Ramsey has been outwardly outspoken about really disliking playing zone coverage and that's a lot of what they've played so far this year. If right. they're pl- going back to bump and run, man, Jalen Ramsey is worlds better in that defense than Tlaib or yeah. Peters in the defense they were playing. I, I
0: understand, but they've lost two cornerbacks. That's
2: know? why I'm saying right. it. it's very good for Sanu and Ridley. Yeah, right.
0: All right. I'm ready to draft. Let's do it. Let's redraft the first two rounds. I gave you half PPR, six point per for passing touchdown leagues. I, I thought this was difficult after the first— Four picks, to be quite honest with you, because i I struggle a little bit with Camara just because of the ankle injury. Um, so who wants the first pick? I'll take the first pick Me. since it's the easiest one. Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I, I already gonna, took it. Okay, I, I okay, mean okay. it's already done. He feels, Dalvin Cook. Okay, okay, I that's what I had too. So McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. We're we're sure about we're sure about Dalvin Cook number two overall. That's what I had as well. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Ezekiel Elliott third. He has five touchdowns in six games. He scored six rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, He has five or more catches in two of his last three games, so I'm I'm happy about that, but he's just so safe. So McCaffrey, Cook, Zeke is off the board. Ben, you have the fourth pick.
1: I'm going to take Saquon Barkley, who I'm assuming will be playing in the next week or
0: two. Yeah, that's what I had, too. And his fantasy playoffs, weeks 14, 15, 16, at Philadelphia, that stinks. He's matchup-proof, but... Miami in Week 15 at Washington in Week 16 for Barkley. Heath, four running backs are off the board. Who's the fifth pick in the draft? This is... Really
2: tough, but I am a little bit concerned about the high. This is like where it gets difficult. Um, There is a different running back besides Le'Veon Bell, who I think will be a top five running back the rest of the season and has been a little bit unlucky because he's only scored one touchdown. He has, I believe he's second in touches behind only Christian McCaffrey, and his name is Leonard Fournette.
0: Ah, okay. I had him 11th, but I think pretty interchangeable here. Uh, ben, who would have been fifth for you? Probably Bell. Okay.
1: Bell or Kamara. I mean, Kamara's hard not knowing his, his injury staffs. It is tough here. I mean, Chubb, Chubb isn't in, in play, but I I wouldn't take him there because of Kareem Hunt. Uh, and I think David Johnson is the other name. Fournette's, Fournette's a reasonable pick, too. I, th-
0: I think Chris Carson is definitely in play here as well. Uh, he's been involved in the passing think- game. And 20 carries. I mean, he's... He and Fournette are both getting, like, 20 carries, I think, three weeks in a row. All right, so who was the pick? Leonard Fournette was the pick. He's the fifth pick. Sixth pick, I will take... I can't believe he's my number one wide receiver, but I will take Michael Thomas, just getting all the targets for that team. He doesn't have to deal with... uh, I, I hate it I, if Devonte Adams were healthy, I would have taken him but he, he'd be
2: my number one wide receiver for, for sure like I don't there was a group of wide receivers that we viewed as pretty similarly, especially in PPR and he's really the only one who has done what we expected
0: oh yeah, absolutely and I, I think you know yep. you could say Tyreek Hill has but it's only been one game uh, sure but yeah I, I had to go with Michael Thomas but maybe I should who, drop and him.
1: Julio Jones hasn't been bad. No. No.
0: But he's yeah. but he's like I actually am
2: a little bit more concerned about Julio Jones than his overall stats would suggest that you would be, just because they have spread the ball around so much more and it's now six weeks into the season. He's
0: got a twenty percent target share.
1: Yeah, I, but I, it, they are throwing it on too.
0: I'll say that um I probably can I can I take the pick back and take a running back no. instead? All right, fine. Nope. Michael Thomas is off the board. <laughs> ben, you have the seventh pick.
1: Uh, I mean, it's funny because I said Le'Veon Bell is going to be a top five running back the rest of the season. I think I would actually take Alvin Kamara here over Bell. Uh, I I still think Bell could be a top five running back the rest of the season. I'm kind of factoring in that there's probably going to be some injuries. I mean, not all of these guys are going to play all the games.
0: Okay, so we go McCaffrey, Cook, Zeke, Barkley, Fournette, Michael Thomas, Kamara, and Heath, you're up. Yeah, it's uh
2: it's three-headed monster here for me uh choosing between Chubb, Le'Veon and David Johnson. It's half PPR. Yeah. I I think Kareem Hunt and just the uncertainty around that knocks Chubb out of it for me still. I'll go with David Johnson.
0: <clears throat> okay. So then I am I think I'm going to take I'm going to take Nick Chubb here. Nick Chubb is, is the pick at nine overall. McCaffrey, Cook, Z. I'll recap the first round. Okay, so Chubb is off the board. You took David Johnson. Bell. He's off the board. Le'Veon Bell is the 10th pick. He's off the board. Heath, you're up. This is
2: the point. Like I took Julio Jones in a lot of drafts over uh, the summer, and it's not felt great so far, but I'm going right back to it. I will take Julio Jones.
0: Okay, and we will finish the first round with my pick of Chris Carson. Did you guys do you think Chris Carson's a top twelve pick? I mean, I, I think he's right up there with Chubb and Johnson and Bell and all these like he's getting a ton of work and scoring touchdowns and whatnot.
1: He's the last running back I would take in the top two rounds, I'll say. There's not so I, I think running back is really interesting at this point in the season because there's guys that are clear hits that are worth trading trading for and paying you know big big value for they're really good they have str- really strong workloads and then there's a lot of guys that are just like uh you know I, I don't know if that guy's ever really gonna have a big ceiling so uh you know it's funny i got asked uh, who by by uh my brother who i would trade Stephon Diggs high for if i could try and s- sell him high for a running back and i was like well there's a lot of running backs that i don't know i, I would sell down to Stephon Diggs and then there's probably a lot that you can't get with Stefan Diggs because there's like this gap between the elites and the next tier.
0: I got to say this though. I, I, I'm just seeing it now. This is the one thing I didn't do in this exercise is, is, analyze schedules. Here's what Chris Carson has coming up. Baltimore. We know how great their run defense is when they've got Brandon Williams at Atlanta should be good. And then how about this? Tampa Bay at San Francisco, a bye at Philadelphia and Minnesota. So that is five weeks in a row with a top six defense against fantasy running backs or a buy for Chris Carson. And while I do still really like him, and if he gets 20 carries a game, it probably won't matter. You might have to downgrade him a little bit with that schedule. But I already took him, so we'll leave him there at 12. First round was McCaffrey, Cook, Zeke, Barkley, Fournette, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones, Chris Carson, and then you can kick off round two.
1: And actually, I lied because there is one running back, maybe two actually, that I that I missed here. But I still think there's a pretty big gap. But I would I, I would also put on Johnson in this Chris Carson group, so he would be my pick here.
2: Okay, I I was really hoping Ben was going to take DeAndre Hopkins. Because I would like to take a wide receiver and I don't want to take DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't want to say that I would take another wide receiver over DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and so I'm going to take Travis
0: Kelsey. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, you took Carrion Johnson over James Connor, Marlon Mack, Melvin Gordon.
1: You feel Connor's like the I, other running back I was saying that yeah. I think is is still in this range.
0: Uh, I
1: don't I don't like the other guys.
0: I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna piss you guys off and take my second ranked wide receiver rest of season. I know you're gonna disagree with it. I'm gonna take Chris Godwin. I'm buying it. I'm in on Chris Godwin. Uh, the
2: thing that I was struggling with was um, Godwin, Cooper Cup, and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I actually think I prefer Cup to Godwin. But
1: you guys are really talking about Cup and Godwin over like Tyreek Hill.
0: I, oh, that's, I go, that's who it should have been. I have Godwin. Have I had Godwin second. Then I had Julio Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. Those are the rest of my wide my receivers. pick.
1: Now after you just took Godwin, right? I'm yeah. taking Tyreek Hill. Okay, that's Ty- the right
0: pick. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. So Heath, if you could do it again, would you take Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey?
2: I would still take Kelsey. I like. I think the fact that he hasn't scored enough touchdowns yet is driving people crazy. But he is on pace for another elite season. And tight end is even worse than we were afraid it was going to be. He is absolutely worth an early second round pick.
0: All right, we're up to pick 17. So that's you, Heath. Who do you got? Hopkins is still on the board. Uh, I'm gonna take James (laughs) Conner.
1: James Conner.
0: All right. Hopkins (laughs) is still. Hopkins is about to be off the board. I'm gonna take. DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's ready to bounce back. Eighteenth overall. Wow, he has fallen like a full round. Nineteenth overall, Chris. Or uh Chris. Wow. Ben. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: I mean, and I just want to say Hopkins still very valuable, and I agree with you, Adam, that he fell, but I, I think a lot of what we're doing here is positional value too. And we just talked about this. There's not a lot of running backs you can trust. There are a lot of other receivers that you can get. So it's a little different doing this in season now that we know all the workloads and everything. Receivers should be falling a little bit. There's no real like zero RB strategy when you actually know the running backs right, that have the massive right. value. So um, I'm going to go... We didn't take Julio Jones yet, did we? Yes, yes. I did. Okay. He was 11th. Uh, this is a I'm tough going pick. to take... Beckham is yeah. still there. Beckham's still there. And then you guys were talking about Cooper Cup, Cooper but Cup. I don't think I would take... I'm going to take Mike Evans, who I think he's actually leading the NFL in air yards and air yards per game. They're chucking the ball around. He hasn't been super efficient. Everyone thinks Chris Godwin's better than him now. The volume is massive. I still think he's going to be very good.
2: He how do you I think this is a good question, because how do you factor in Because efficiency does matter to some level Mm -hmm. and for most of his career, not last year. But for most of his career, I think Mike Evans is what you would call an inefficient wide receiver. He doesn't catch a very high percentage of his passes, and he doesn't generally contribute hardly anything after the catch. So his air yards are less valuable than an average receiver's air yards, right?
1: They are, but he's led the league. uh, He's leading the league now, and he's been at the top of the league for like five straight years. So, yes, he's been inefficient, but he also has this really long track record of massive uh, downfield volume. And if you actually like go back and look at some of the examples, last week against the Panthers, he dropped that pass right before the half that uh, was like a yeah. 40, 50-yard mm-hmm. completion. Might have been a 70-yard touchdown. Go back to – I think it was week two. He dropped the pass in the end zone where he was but kind that, of diving. He does that. Right. He does that. He's going to do that. But those opportunities are there and he's still been – what is he like? Wide receiver six. Like he's still been no, very good I don't think so. with those missed opportunities. I think he's wide receiver. Point. I think
2: he's exactly where we drafted. I think he's wide receiver eight. Oh, wow. I can't believe right. the so so that in, high. The
1: inefficiency he's doesn't seven, bug me. And I'm also factoring in that he was, uh, he was sick for week one. And then they played on a short week, week two. And he still wasn't probably right. And he had two bad games to start the season. I, I think his upside is still very, very high. I, I don't like watching those plays for my fantasy <laughs> points. But I still think the points are there. No, I just think had. he
2: is—he is a very good example. Like, there's this um, struggle between opportunity and air yards, and the it matters so much more than what was accounted for two or three or especially five years ago. Um, but it also like there is still the efficiency part of it, and that for a guy like Evans, who we've seen it for like five out of six years now, I, I just feel like you have to factor that in as well. And it, I think it's it's interesting. I'll take Cooper Cup. I
1: Totally agree with that. Right. You have to factor it in. But also, in those five out of six years, he's been very good at fantasy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I'll, I'll take Cooper Cup. If you look just like just take what he's done since the start of last year, and it's a 97, 12, 43, 11 pace, that includes one game where he got one target and left the game. That includes another game where he left at halftime because he was injured. He has been awesome and their number one wide receiver since the start of last year Um, I don't know if you know this but he roomed with Jared Goff they've got a really good connection (laughs) and I just I'm
0: buying in yeah, and, you know, I, I had him 15th overall, so Heath took him 20th, Cooper Cup. And, you know, I, Cooper Cup's been somebody that I've been targeting on FanDuel because I think he, he is not priced as an elite receiver. But with Jared Goff, you know, he is basically an elite receiver. He's he's very close to it, and he just ended a streak of four straight 100-yard games. But back on to FanDuel. We'll see. Maybe we'll get him back in the lineup because they have a great matchup this week. Heath mentioned it on Sunday. Maybe Jared Goff is a little underowned in FanDuel leagues and, and we'll we'll try to you know play off that and use him as a contrarian play. But you should be on FanDuel right now. You should be signing up and getting twenty dollars in total bonus when you sign up and make a deposit of twenty bucks. So you'll get an extra five dollars in site credit every week for four weeks if you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT Or just download the FanDuel app, but go to FanDuel.com slash FFT to get that bonus. You get a new team every week, as many teams as you want. You want to play for a buck, play for five, play for 10, 20, it goes on. You can do whatever type of league you're comfortable playing in. And, you know, I I think if you listen to this podcast, you got a very good chance to do well on FanDuel. And you can listen to our advice as well. Again, FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make a $20 deposit and get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks FanDuel.com slash FFT. The final four picks of this draft after Cooper Cup. <sighs> Lamar Jackson is my pick. Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Over Mahomes? Wow.
0: Yeah, over Mahomes. I thought you said this was six points per pass touchdown. I did yeah Lamar Jackson over over Holmes and over Russell Wilson who's the number 1 quarterback in that in that format anyway well you know we oh
2: get God. a lot of flack <laughs> in the in the preseason for our drafts not being representative of what real fantasy drafts are like, because we don't have anybody in our league that reaches on quarterback and makes silly decisions like this. And so I think it's good of you, Adam. I think you should just be yeah. that guy from now on mm-hmm. that takes a quarterback in the first two rounds to make our drafts more representative of real drafts.
0: There's only one player left that was viewed, I think as a total st- uh, I, Well, no, James Connors off the board, right?
1: Uh, Did you just like not even respond to that? I kind of wanted a response. He just said, He's happy that you're the village idiot. That, that's right. <laughs> no, what, what
0: I'm saying is there's only one player on the board that was looked at as like a total stud that I can think of. And that was, well, Mahomes and Beckham. Beckham is the guy I was thinking of. And I'm fine taking Jackson over Beckham. Melvin Gordon, I don't think you can justify it right now with the way he's played. Uh, so I don't think there's an obvious guy to take over Lamar Jackson. And that's why I took Lamar Jackson.
1: I don't, and look, I don't, I don't disagree that there's not a lot of other options, but you still should be going to that next tier at other, in my opinion, to, to that next tier at other positions. Keenan Allen, I think is right there. I'm going to take a guy, uh, George Kittle that I think is, mm-hmm. uh, essentially a late second, early third round value. It's a, it's a little bit of a reach yeah, already had his buy. A so he's a, that's a, a big reason that I like, uh, trying to trade for him right now. He's already had his buy. He's had two touchdowns called back and he's been very consistent, clearly been their number one passing option. I think he's gonna be a top three tight end the rest of the way and, and definitely yeah. worth close to where he was drafted in, in preseason still.
0: Uh actually it's a good pick. I mean he is their number one receiver for sure. I just think tight end's a little deeper than we thought, although the Disley injury changes that a bit. Okay, two more picks. Heath, who's twenty third?
2: Like I feel I've got one pick left, and I feel like there's one guy that we're going to be getting emails and saying, I can't believe you forgot to draft this guy and I've just been searching through like the injured list trying to figure out who it is. I've failed in that mission. So um, I'm going to settle for a second tier, third tier wide receiver that I'm just hoping bounces back. Um, Maybe they'll trade for Eli Manning so he can have a quarterback. Odell Beckham. (laughs) Odell Beckham it is. Remember the whole thing of, man, how much better is Odell Beckham going to be now that he has a good quarterback?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to take uh, Patrick Mahomes, 24th. you know, That that's my second quarterback and guys who just missed the cut. I'm sure you know Adam. I think Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Julian Edelman. Julian Allen
1: should have gone. Keenan Allen was a second round pick and was an absolute stud in the first few weeks of the year, and then he had a couple down games. And we're not draft. We're drafting him later than where he was in the preseason. Not much later.
0: He might be the next pick. I think. I think Marlon Mack deserves some consideration here. I think. Still think Melvin Gordon does. And you know, okay. uh, that's it. Devontae Thank Adams. Devontae oh, Adams. Oh, wow. That's a big miss on well, my part. I should take Devontae He's going to be Adams. out for
1: I don't think you would take him in the first 24 picks. He's no, going to be I out for so. a while longer.
2: You
0: think so? Because, all right.
2: Okay. I mean, Keenan okay, Allen's been better on a per-game basis than him and is currently healthy. So, he should probably go before Devontae Adams. Right.
0: <sighs> yeah, all right. But health is a big one. So, we got this this big game to preview. And then we'll do fill in the blank. We'll read your Apple podcast questions. We'll finish up our show. Let's take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, Chiefs and Broncos will be right back. Kansas City at Denver. Is our resident Chiefs fan a little nervous about this game? Heath, that's you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, an objective analyst that is not a fan of any team. Well, no, I am. this is going to be a fun game for me because in our um, telethon league, I have arguably the best team in the league. I'm 4-2 and, and the second highest scoring team. I'm facing Dave, who's five and one. I have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Kill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Ooh. Royce Freeman,
0: and Phillip Lindsey. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, that's that. I, I, Go I don't on, know. Game stack. Not a great. I don't think it's a great week to have a bunch of Chiefs. Let, let's start with the Chiefs. Since Tyreek Hill's first game against Denver, he caught a touchdown in that game. He has not had more than 70 yards or a touchdown in his last four games against the Broncos. They have shut down Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, DJ Chark, and Keenan Allen, although Chark had a touchdown call back. None of those guys scored double-digit fantasy points in PPR. Mahomes scored 24 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues at Denver last season. who's much better at home against Denver. Um, and they, look, Denver right now is looking like a very good defense, and they're, they're coming around. Uh, I, I guess the jury's still out because they haven't had the toughest competition, but they held Aaron Rodgers to 15 fantasy points. For what that's worth. All right. So, is it Heath? Is it all systems go for for the Chiefs? At least for the big three on the Chiefs.
2: The big three is no question, and it never is. Um, Sammy Watkins is a mid range flex. The running backs are the real
0: problem. Okay. So let's talk about that, Ben. What's your take on Damian Williams, Lashawn McCoy at Denver? Your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a tough situation to handicap, but Daryl Williams came in as their second running back last week and immediately caught a 50-something yard, 52-yard reception, and then didn't play much the rest of the game. He got another target on the next drive. He played seven snaps total. It's like Andy Reid had him in their 15-play you know, script to start the game a little bit, but once that script ran out, they went back to their McCoy and Damian Williams two-man tandem, and if that's what it's going to be, if it's going to just be two, those guys are are very valuable. and. The last two weeks, there hasn't been a lot of touches and a lot of production for Kansas City. But the last two weeks, Kansas City's total yardage has been two of the bottom three games since Patrick Mahomes took over as a starter. I don't think that continues. I think they'll be all right. He's aggravated his ankle in both of those games, assuming that he can at least stay healthy and not re-aggravate the injury every single week. I think their total yardage bounces back. That's good for the running backs overall. I think both of these guys can be starters, and I think both of them are, are by lows right now.
0: Boy, I'd have a tough time starting a guy who just had two, two touches, though, And Damian Williams. I, I think I have to. But where do you have them ranked, Heath, uh, McCoy and Damian Williams?
2: I do not want to start a Chiefs running back, but McCoy would be my favorite. Um, but that again, there's probably some confirmation bias here on my part because I was saying going into last week, LaShawn McCoy has been very good when they've given him rush attempts, averaging five and a half yards per carry. Damian Williams has been mostly terrible. They should give more to LaShawn McCoy. They gave him only eight. Again, he averaged five and a half yards per carry, and Damian Williams basically disappeared from the running game. I mean, he had what two touches in that two game. Touches.
1: I, Thirteen touches for the running backs combined. I mean, yeah. a weird game.
2: Yeah, and ten of them went to McCoy. And right. I, like, so far... This season, and it's a very small sample size, but Damian Williams' only success in the NFL is a very small sample size. Yeah. So far this season, LaShawn McCoy has been much more productive than Damian Williams with touches. Over their careers, LaShawn McCoy has been a much better running back than Damian Williams. I just have to presume LaShawn McCoy is going to get the majority of the work.
0: So how would you rank all of the running backs in this game? Uh, Lindsey, Freeman, McCoy, Damian, Darryl. Lindsey should be started in most leagues. I mean, you're going to... I would
2: start both Denver running backs with confidence.
0: Both Denver running backs. So, like, when you look at the last three weeks against the Chiefs, we have had three straight running backs have more than 20 carries and more than, like, 110 yards. And I think two of those three scored a touchdown. And, we're you know, we're talking about Carlos Hyde, Marlon Mack, and, oh, I apologize. Who was the other one? Uh... Carry on Johnson, was it? Yeah, I think so. And so yeah, he had twenty six carries. Carry on Johnson.
1: I just mentioned obviously that I would start both Kansas City backs. I actually agree with Heath. I would prefer the at least Lindsey overall. I, I might take my McCoy over Royce Freeman, but I just wanted to chime in to say the, the reason I'm I'm high on all these backs. Kansas City third most. I'm always talking about high value touches. Third most team high value touches on the season. And the last two weeks have been their two lowest weeks because the offense has struggled. Denver is the fourth most team high-value touches. The only teams ahead of them are New England, which is to be expected, and the Chargers, again, to be expected. They throw to their backs, Tom, they rack up a lot of receptions. But the Chiefs and Broncos, they're, they're committees, but there's so many high-value touches in these committees. Even if McCoy gets a lot of the work, Damian Williams can still score like he did last week on, on few touches if he's getting receptions and if he's getting goal-line scoring opportunities.
0: All right, just to sum it up, Damian Williams for Dave, Jamie, and Heath, is outside the top 30 in non-PPR, outside the top 24 in PPR. The Sean McCoy is outside the top 24, I think, in PPR. And let me just see where he is. 31, 29, and 27. So they're they're both flexes. And then Lindsey and um, and Royce Freeman are are worth looking at here. Lindsey for sure. Royce Freeman, I mean, if he gets 12 carries, he's got certainly got a good chance to get 60 rushing yards, and then he just hasn't scored a touchdown. He doesn't get any carries near the goal line. So he he might have to break one, but still a good flex this week. Um, would you who, would you start Frank Gore over, not over Lindsey, but would you start Frank Gore over the other guys?
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him over any of the backs in this game.
0: Oh, I come would, on, against I, the Dolphins,
1: definitely start him over
2: both Chiefs. Um, I would start him over Royce Freeman and non PPR. In PPR, I'd prefer Freeman. I think, like, I. I view Gore as having a floor pretty close to 10. And I think that's what Freeman's floor is.
1: Um, The floor
2: for McCoy and Williams is almost zero.
1: So this is just another philosophical thing, but 10 points doesn't win you your week. The difference between 12 points, which we think is like a fine game and like seven or five points, doesn't lose you your week if you if you don't get those points yes it we, does I, it certainly no can. it does
0: i mean it certainly it can, can but
1: it's, it's not the difference if you have oh, the, I don't the difference in who wins your fantasy matchups if you go back and look it's go look at all your matchups, all your leagues throughout the season it's who has the most 20 25 30 point games in their lineup it's not you can have a whole roster of 10 to 15 i don't point think games. damian
0: williams is getting 20 20 points here i mean i think frank gore has a good chance to get you 70 yards and a touchdown
1: Frank Gore's last time he hit twenty points, two thousand and sixteen. He's not going to hit twenty so points. That's my point.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean, I get it. You're you're all about you're the upside guy. You yeah. love the magenta zone like, for sure. But
2: zeros do lose you weeks. Right. Twos, twos lose you weeks.
1: Do you? So who's going to get a zero here?
2: I well, could be Damian Williams. I'm not saying for sure. That McCoy or Williams, like, I don't know. I don't know what the touches are. If you told me Daryl Williams got 12 touches in this game and led all the Chiefs backs, I wouldn't be that surprised.
0: Sure. All right. Wrapping up here, let's talk about the wide receivers. You're going to start Tyreek Hill, but he does not have a good history against the Broncos. Um, And, you know, it's what I said about Keenan Allen. I got yelled at for that, but of course I'm starting Tyreek Hill. Uh, What about Sammy Watkins, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton? How would you rank those three? Sutton's way ahead of the two. Yeah, I mean, so, like, the Chiefs, here's the M.O. on the Chiefs. Their defense, their pass defense is is not bad at home. It's terrible on the road. Um, you know, it, it, like, they give up a ton of production to wide receivers on the road. And it makes me wonder about Emmanuel Sanders. I think you guys have him in the 30s. I know he's hard to trust right now. He's had less than 10 yards in three of his last four games. He has a knee injury. Would you start Emmanuel Sanders or a Chiefs running back?
1: Oof. <laughs> I would I would start a Chiefs running back. I
2: would start a Chiefs running back in non-PPR and probably Sanders in PPR.
0: All right. I, so,
2: so start. It's, it's really close, though. And I, I do prefer Sanders to Watkins.
0: Um, <coughs> you do? Yes. Okay. Start Kelsey. Sit Fant and the Broncos DST, a borderline starter. Not for Heath. I think you have them pretty low, right? Broncos wait why yeah, are we I...
1: sitting fan if you if you have bad tight ends because I'm actually going to start him in a couple leagues so do you have some good stats on that
0: well he had a great matchup last week and, and didn't, do anything. didn't do anything
1: yeah has, has he done anything like he scored a touchdown this year but he doesn't yeah. have 40 yards in a game yet
0: no no
1: but the Broncos don't throw a ton I think they might have to throw a little more and he's running routes on like 70 percent of dropbacks consistently so there I think there's a little bit of appeal because Kansas City's bad I, I've got him 15th, so I don't hate there. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, this is like a league where I have to play a guy off waivers.
0: Sure. Yeah. Try. Yep. I get you. Uh, all right. Listen, you can you can start Noah Fan all you want, but if you're not downloading the Honey browser extension, you are making a big mistake because you're going to save a lot of money. I shop online like everybody else, and I save money when I use Honey. So here's what you do. I didn't realize the awesome rhyme I just made. You go to joinhoney.com slash Join honey.com slash FFT in just a couple of clicks. It installs on your computer. It's free. And then you go and you shop online and Honey says, hey, there's a coupon code you could be using. It saves you time and money when you shop online by scanning the internet for codes and other discounts. And then like magic, it automatically applies the one with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. So, I mean, we're talking about Amazon, Macy's, J.Crew, Domino's, Sephora, Target, and more. There's coupon codes Sales discounts at over 20,000 sites. I I, It's not that I use it. It's like, oh, I don't go on and say, oh, I'm going to use Honey now. I go shopping, and then Honey just says, hey, guess what? We got a discount for you. It's so, so easy, and it has saved me a lot of money. So go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. Two clicks. Put it on your computer. It is free. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash FFT. From Apple Podcasts, here are the questions. From Low in the Cut, I'm struggling between Carson Wentz at Dallas and Josh Allen against Miami. Heath, who do you have? Uh, wow. Whoa, tough. that was a good one. All right. I'm going to have a new remix soon. Josh Allen or Carson Wentz?
2: I'm going Allen. Yuck.
0: Okay. I'm going Allen. Uh, from Jess B. Ben, what are your thoughts on this trade? Give up Travis Kelsey. Get Beckham, McCoy, Greg Olson, and-, and Hawkinson.
1: What? I mean, there's so much more context needed. If if it's a shallow league, you don't necessarily want to give up elite players for four for four guys back. But I still think that's plenty of value for Kelsey. I think o- OBJ and who like
0: McCoy, Olson, Hawkinson.
1: Right. There's plenty of value there to get to to make up for Kel- like losing Kelsey. It's just a matter of like, did you actually have people to drop or are you having to drop good players as well to make room for all these players?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a trade worth making. From AJ, Heath in non-PPR, would you trade Golden Tate for James White? What about Ronald Jones and Curtis Samuel for James White in non-PPR?
2: I would not trade Ronald Jones and Curtis Samuel for James White in non-PPR.
0: What about Golden I, Tate? Would you trade Tate for White? I don't think I would. Okay. Yeah, White hasn't been very valuable in non PPR. From Roark, give up Julio Jones and Leonard Fournette. Give Carry On Johnson. Uh, wait. Oh, sorry. Okay, you're giving. Let's start over. Ben, you're giving Carry On Johnson, Tyler Lockett, and Hooper. You're getting Julio Jones and Leonard Fournette.
1: I'm um, wait. Sorry. Say that again. I, I yeah. got. You <laughs> I gotta give, up, give up.
0: Give up. Carry On Johnson, Tyler Lockett, and Austin Hooper. Get Julio Jones and Leonard Fournette. I love yeah, it. I think you get the most
1: valuable receiver and the most valuable running back out of that trade. And you know, I I I have already said on the show I don't think Cooper is an elite tight end, so I would I would make that those swaps.
0: And we're gonna finish the show with a quick fun round of fill in the blank from Brock. AJ Green is a top blank wide receiver rest of season. Forty? Fifty? Thirty-five. <laughs> Okay, what about when he's healthy? No. Oh, 30, 25, yeah. From Jake, Melvin Gordon is a top-blank running back rest of season.
1: 24, barely.
0: From Eric, <laughs> I traded Tyreek Hill for Devonte Adams in PPR Dynasty. I am blank at fantasy. I gave up Hill for Adams in PPR Dynasty. I am blank at fantasy.
1: Good. Um cautious
0: yeah what did you say
1: cautious cautious. that was good i I I think you're
0: good i think you're good at fantasy uh john james wilkins says adam is a blank i think that's perfect
1: yeah i couldn't think of anything my mind was blank
0: (laughs) oh man that's good uh from brun hopkins for mahomes is blank
1: bad bad
0: Irod says, John Brown is blank.
2: A wide receiver won this week.
1: Meh.
0: From Zachary, Austin Eckler is better than blank and worse than blank rest of season.
1: He's the better version of Chase Edmonds and the worst version of Alvin Kamara.
0: Oh, come on. That's too easy.
1: That's <laughs> a huge range. But they're, they're similar. Play- I mean, Austin yeah, Eckler
0: is better than... He's worse than Philip Lindsay rest of season. And he's better than Miles Sanders. Yeah, that's good. I think.
2: I agree with those. That's another big range, though.
1: Yeah. Um, Better than... I don't even know how to...
2: Allison Eckler is worse than Tevin Coleman rest of season. Okay. But better than Carlos Hyde.
0: From Brent, at Lord Reeves is a blank fantasy football analyst. Go. <laughs> I can accept um, that.
2: Known. Yes. No, uh, known. <laughs>
0: and I will say he is a now known to me fantasy football analyst. Uh, That's great. From fantasy football opinions, blank is the wide receiver to own in Tennessee with the quarterback change.
2: Do the Volunteers have any good wide receivers? Maybe
0: Adam a. Humphreys. J.
1: Brown.
0: Uh by the way, Ryan Tannehill is like definitely a better passer than Marcus Mariota from Sam zero. Is ben, do you
1: agree with that? Player. I don't know if I agree with that. I yeah, really don't. I, I think I it's agree. the offense a little bit.
0: I agree with it. Uh From Sam zero RB strategy has been blank so far.
2: Fine. Frustrating.
0: God awful. Destroying all of my seasons.
2: No, I don't think it's been that like I, I have some very bad zero running back teams. It has failed in many ways depending on the wide receivers and running backs you've chosen. But I also have a zero running back team that this week I'm going to be trying to decide between like five guys in my top 20. And I didn't take a running back in the first six rounds.
0: That's wonderful. I so, think that, I think the, well, the problem not, with zero RB has actually been the wide receivers.
1: Well, yeah, and, uh, this is a big reason in the preseason we talked. I mean, I know I talked a lot about doing like a modified zero running back where you can still take running backs in the first and second round, but then you don't take running backs in the dead zone that we talked about, right? The th- three to five range. It's tough right now because none of the elite receivers are hitting. That's the thing. But your, your team's not awful because the dead zone has been bad for running backs too. All
0: right, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the AFC home games. And uh, that's it. I'm done. Goodbye.